Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Good evening. The BBC has been thrown into turmoil by the damning verdict of Lord Hutton on its editorial standards, its management and its board of governors. Pajabi Alonso. What a goal from Liverpool. What a move from Liverpool. The Hutton report into the death of the weapons expert, Dr David Kelly, cleared Mr Blair and the government of any blame. Pires for Vieira. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Good to have you here, my name's Marcus Speller. Jonathan Wilson is with me. And with us we have Vitushan Ihan Taraja today, sports feature writer for The Independent and uh, all-round good egg, may I say. It's good to have you here, Vish. Oh, thank you for having <laughs> me. Out of ten, how would, you, how would you rate that pronunciation of your name? You know what, that was a solid eight, actually. Really? I, I think the worst thing people do is when they just don't bother with it at all. And they just uh, and we're here with 
Vish. Well, to, to <laughs> Vish be fair, you? I got Vish in quite early. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I want to establish that that's uh, how you introduced yourself earlier. So, is, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but we, today's game, uh, Vish, we're going back to November 2004. Liverpool 2, Arsenal 1 in the Premier League in that 2004-2005 season. Of course, it was uh, Arsenal were the holders. They were the Invincibles the previous season. Liverpool under uh, uh, Benitez. Of course, why have you chosen this game? Um, I suppose for purely selfish reasons. I know that it's, you know, someone who listens to the podcast and having seen the games that you've done, they've actually, you know, been quite, well, they've, they're a game who, there's, well, been a game that's affected, I suppose, a particular team cycle or been at the end of a team cycle or kind of really changed the face of football. And mine is just purely for nostalgic reasons. It was my first year of uni. And I think this is the first game of football between two teams I didn't support. I'm a Manchester United fan. So when you said selfish reasons, I thought to myself, we're well, not that selfish because you could have gone for a Manchester United game and you would have had a pick of quite a few fond memories, no doubt. Yeah. But and you've some... gone for a Liverpool win. So very unselfish. I think you've been a bit harsh on yourself. <laughs> yeah. So there was something about this game because I remember watching it at the time and I think it was a kind of a light bulb went off in my head. And I think it was the first time that I was able to appreciate, I suppose, how fun football was and also the intricacies. So I still regard this game as one of the best Premier League games that has taken place because it combined both the, you know, the speed and the fanaticism of the Premier League, which we love so much. But it also seemed to mark something in my head of, it was almost a moment that English teams, and I appreciate there are a lot of foreign players in this particular game and in the Premier League in general, but it's the first time that English teams were able to combine that fanaticism with technical brilliance. Mm. And I think it's evidenced by all three goals in this game were just marvellous pieces of football and different kinds of football as well in their oh, own yeah. different way. Yeah, totally different goal. Three great goals in the game, you're absolutely right. I think right. that's an interesting point you make about the, the fusion of sort of the, the technical ability with the, the, the pace of the English game. Because is that this season, however freakish Liverpool's success in the Champions League ultimately was, it was the beginning of that, that little, you know, actually quite brief, probably too brief golden age of English football when English teams were mm. the best new and were dominating the Champions League, which only really went on I mean, until Barcelona came along, I suppose, was, was what ended that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, but that is a, you're right, it is this season when that, that mm. fusion first begins. Yeah. Um, and so Arsenal, as I said, they were the, the invincibles side. They'd only, I think, won one in eight uh, in all competitions going into the game, you know they weren't on in good shakes. Well, they, they'd lost that record, the forty-nine game unbeaten record to Manchester United. United. Yeah, yeah, the two, uh, that they did. Yeah, this just makes me feel really old because I, I was at this game. I was at the the game when United beat them, uh-huh. and the idea that you were still at university is frankly. <laughs> Yeah, I, not, I, I wasn't even at I university. I was a veteran by the time I was doing this. <laughs> well, it was Edinburgh University as well, which is obviously Marcus's old stomping ground. Oh, Indeed, right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Edinburgh, the city, yeah. So just about recovered from Marcus. <laughs> then I went there. He was just building I, I, I noticed you're both wearing, wearing hearts maroon. We, so. <laughs> we are as well. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, I hope you didn't vandalise the statue of me when you were up there. <laughs> but, uh, I helped erect it, perhaps. But, um, but yes, Arsenal, uh, they were the, the team to beat because they were the champions. Or were they, though? Because, of course, Jose Mourinho had joined the league at this point under Chelsea. And at the time of this game, they were top of the league. And Arsenal were, were, were lagging behind a little bit. Well, I mean, Arsenal were, as you say, they'd won one of the previous eight. They'd drawn the last two games against West Brom and PSV. So they, although they clearly were still an excellent side, they, they were in a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a wobble. And, and um, I looked up the, I should have looked up my own match report, actually. I don't know what I said about this, but I looked up, <laughs> I looked up the Guardian's match report. And uh, Kevin McCarrow's intro is all about 
Um, all good things come to an end. Arsenal are finished. Yep. And the handover of the Premier League title will probably come when Chelsea go to uh, Highbury, uh, which I think was then... This, this game was in towards the end of November. I think it was about yeah. two weeks later that the Chelsea went to went to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And I think then won that to go nine points clear or something. So very, very quickly, Mourinho's affected... Uh, you know, Mourinho's changes, his yeah. personality had taken effect and Chelsea were, were very obviously in the box seat. Well, according to that um, article by Kevin McCarran, there's, there's a line that says this might have been merely their second defeat in 55 Premiership outings, but they'd only mustered six points from five league fixtures since being beaten by Manchester United. And it's funny, isn't it? Because, we, of course, we will um, go on to talk about the game in a bit, but it wasn't an Arsenal side that were firing on all cylinders yet. When you look at the fact that they'd only lost two, that was their second loss in 55 league games it's quite extraordinary Vish that, that, that what that side achieved and yet I'm going to probably have a bit of a go at them when we start talking about the game <laughs> yeah when you when you look back at how they started the season you they they were almost quite ill-disciplined as well you mm. mentioned that PSV game where they um, where they drew they were down to nine men for the last 15 minutes yeah, yeah. a lot of red this is a period when, when Wenger's side, side was getting a lot of red cards mm. it seems weird like having also lived through late period Wenger when they were mm. incredibly insipid yeah the, yeah. the thing that you know, they were famous for two things at this period which is brilliant counter-attacking and hundreds of red cards yep you, oh, you can forget that. The, the the I don't know, what would you call it? The evolution or the complete gear change that Wenger did when he was at Arsenal. As you say, they had proper hatchet men in there, you know, guys who would get stuck in. And in a, in a hard man way, yes, but also in a really spiteful way sometimes as well. is a sort of, you know, a, yeah, spite is the, is the word, isn't yeah, it? There's a yeah. nasty edge to Fabregas. Wonderful player that he is. Even uh, yeah, and obviously Vieira would you know every now and again he'd just really just leave his boot in and and things like that. I, I think one of the things I um I found most interesting about that Arsenal team was how would the, how they would match up to Manchester United at the time, and they really did a number on Manchester United the previous season. Obviously, with what happened with Van Nistelrooy and, and Keown um, at Old Trafford the season before, but because of the way they played, they almost got to a stage at the end of that season where. They were just ignoring United. And I think you could tell that annoyed Ferguson a lot because, <laughs> you know, he didn't really know what to do because suddenly Wenger didn't have to, you know, get in and have a scrap with him. He could just go about his business and, you know, he could finish unbeaten. So when Mourinho came, mm. I think Wenger suddenly thought, well, I've just, I've just got just, rid of one. Just one of them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And who's this other, I was going to say, can we say prick on this show? Of course you can. Yeah, you can right. say what you want. Nobody listens, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not an... Jose. <laughs> yeah. but so then when they started the season that badly, I wondered if it was because, obviously Chelsea started pretty steadily, but were, you know, obviously winning games at the top of the league. And I think maybe as a team, they kind of thought, come on, what is this? Why? They, how has this team come out of nowhere? We've yeah. earned the right to be here. Mm. And well, suddenly I, you're I think here. as well, you know, the... The, the nature of that invincible season, yeah, they only got 90 points, is that right? They drew 12 games. So they drew 12 games. 126 drew 12. Uh, so there's a lot of draws in there. And I think it was sort of a real debilitating, mm-hmm. the pressure was debilitating towards the end of the season. Yeah. Not just winning the title, but doing this completely unprecedented job. Unprecedented since Preston way back in sure. eighty seven eight, eighteen eighty seven eight. <laughs> um, <laughs> to specify, and I, I think yeah, anything like that where you've been under constant pressure for yeah two three months, it's very very hard then when one thing goes wrong to mm. to pick yourself up and go again. And you know, in the end, this season really for Arsenal is is saved by a pretty unpleasant FA Cup final mm. uh, when they yeah they do beat United again, but in a 
just a horrible game. Do you think if they'd lost a game in that invincible season, obviously it wouldn't be an invincible season, but do you think it would have got the monkey off their back early enough so that they could actually focus properly on, on the season that we're in 04 or 05? I, 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 they, don't, I don't know. Because they did what, lose to Chelsea in the Champions League, that invincible well, season. Well, see, I, th- I think that game... Yeah. It's a game you should have chosen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Was that the, that was the Wayne Bridge one? Uh, Wayne Bridge uh, got yeah, the winner at yeah. but, uh, but that, yeah. that I think is a or really equalizers. a really significant game in, in the evolution of English football. That's the end of Arsenal. Although they kind of go on, I completely agree. That that's when that that flips. I agree. And obviously Mourinho coming in, mm-hmm. it was necessary for Chelsea to be elevated. But yep. that that really that game is really where the seesaw absolutely. Tips. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's all, what what would you rather do? Would you rather go and beat and have a season that everybody remembers that has a very kind of obvious nickname or would you rather do well the next season as well and I, I, I don't know I, I, I almost think well I, th- I think the way it's gone I think you I mean I'm, I'm not an Arsenal fan but I would guess that actually yeah you had that invincible year but they've been nowhere near since yeah but the invincible year will, will always be there and will always be talked about will but always be is... remembered <sighs> but, but you, not you, think could, you could just win a title and win another title and they kind of yeah after a while they sort of get anybody who's not a United fan Sort of separate out United Souths in the in the nineties and early two thousands. Mm. They just sort of all blur blur together, and I don't know. You, I, I think either is you know, it's not there's a right or wrong answer here, but for me personally, and maybe this is coming from a support of a team who are, have not been successful for quite some time. Though we were, we were a long time ago. You're talking about Sunderland, are you? yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to take your word for that. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Sunderland started in the eighteen nineties. They they blur together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> on the parchment paper that they're in. Really <laughs> or, or would you rather have the sort of the the the, the really memorable, unique one? I I I, I, don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I I felt like at the start of that season, where even when it when they came up to that United game, because everyone was talking about, oh, can they go fifty games unbeaten? I think the players were a bit over that because I th- I think players generally mm. thinking mm. in cycles of seasons. So one so one season's done. That's fine. We're not yeah. going to focus on whether we're. Yeah, 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 I might be right about that. I, mean, I just remember out. when um, Spain, when they lost in the semi final of the Confederations Cup to the US in 2009. Yeah. And they, I can't remember exactly, but they'd gone 35 games and beaten or something. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Pepe Reina after that. And the first thing he said was, Oh, thank God that's over. We couldn't have gone into the World Cup with that. And part of the well, But that, he was the cheerleader at that side, you know. He well, was, he also played in that game. Yeah. But. And you, it's part of you think, oh, yeah, I do get that, that everybody's talking about this mm-hmm. world record run and maybe it is good to just be able to focus on the tournament itself. Yeah. It's also the obvious thing you say when you just lost a prize into the US of kind of, well, here's the positive we're taking this because we don't really care about the confederation. But I do, I do think there is something that in the media, if every time it's being asked of you, you can approach games. I mean, as I say, they drew 12, 12 games that season. You just think, okay, well, let's not lose. And actually... It, you know, we'll go on to this game, but this is when you started seeing Arsenal, despite having Henri up front, despite having some great attacking players like Perez, they weren't as sharp for my money. They were a little bit sort of blunted. At, yeah, at I mean, times. despite being, I mean, an incredibly quick team, you know, Henri oh, and Reyes and Perez and Jungberg. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But what, I mean, Liverpool themselves, I mean, they had, you know, they would go on to win the Champions League, incredibly, of course. They, at that time, though, they did have ambitions of. 
of the title and so on. Obviously, it didn't it didn't happen. They had a good squad of players, um, and Gerard came back from from injury. But you know that Chabi Alonso in there immediately when when you see his name and, and and you see him in a Liverpool shirt. I'm not a Liverpool fan, but I know Liverpool fan. He is dearly loved at Anfield for the way he played when he was there. Yeah, I mean that midfield for this game of of Harman, Alonso, and and Gerard. Gerard when he was not just I suppose the the passer from range and playing that quarterback role every now and again, but he mm. was he was a dribbler at this point. Yeah, that's right. You know, he yeah. would happily ghost past players, ghost in the box, almost hazard like from the left. Um, and actually, you know, we're obviously getting to talk to talk about the game in more detail in the second half. But he should have had a penalty early on. Yes, with, with one of those yeah, players yeah, in yeah. the box and two a clips his knee. I'm very hard for a referee to see that, but you see the replay and it's it's obvious that. Two way studs just clip his knee and, and mm. take him down. That that is exactly that kind of burst you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I, when I rewatched the highlights and saw that again, I thought that's a penalty on VAR. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you mean, that upstairs, or, or maybe yeah. not because who can tell? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably loads of offsides in there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we can agree that the decision, whatever it would have been, would have taken a lot longer to come. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, which is of course uh, what, what the case is now. But, but, yeah, but no, but the point about Liverpool, you know, they although you can see. The, the, the team that you know, Benitez's team starting to come together. They were eighth in the table going into this game. Mm. They just lost the previous two against Middlesbrough and Monaco. Um, yeah, they they were. I mean, Monaco very, very much. Yeah, but I mean, okay. And Monaco had been in the Champions League final yeah. the previous season. Um, but but still, you know, they they were not in great form. It's still very much the the early days of Benitez getting his team together. Uh, yeah, that that midfield of yeah Alonso, Herman, and, and Gerard just in front. I, I mean, it's sort of it's the beginning of Gerard not being, uh, I was going to say not being a box to box player, but of course he always was a box to box player. Not being deployed as a box to box player of, of the sort of midfield being separated into two bands. So rather than him being sort of Brian Robson figure, kind of bombing up and down, he's given sort of a, a more specific role high high up the pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think Liverpool were? lucky to get Rafael Benitez because if you look at I suppose how how he lost his job at Valencia having achieved what he did at Valencia because I remember at the time it was just common knowledge that he was going to go to Liverpool mm. whereas when you look back on it you're like well god they've lucked out a bit there yeah well, maybe but I mean Liverpool's still Liverpool I was going to say yeah. so it won- it's 14 years after their last title it's not the kind of mm. eternity it is now they were still, I mean they, yeah, they, they won they, trophies under Julio yeah. even yeah. sort of yeah, five years ago before Five years before now, uh, you know, before Klopp arrived, it was still mm. a very attractive proposition. Well, they're, they're still a great team. I think that's it. So sometimes people could forget in those periods, the quieter periods, that the pulling power that they still have as a club, and they always will do, is still very, very strong. Yeah, and you also you also remember back then that unlike you know present day, where there's a dearth of really high quality managers. There were loads of good managers about then who actually had those high-profile jobs, or at least were switching between the top jobs every now and again. I suppose like where was Capello at this point? He would have been. He was, he was dreaming of he England. Would have been at, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you kind of, I suppose, yeah, maybe Benitez to Liverpool does fit quite neatly as a. I mean, I know he, he, he was always an Anglophile. He obviously spoke English. Um, I think yeah, you know, he. I mean, I, I I can't remember specifically, but I assume that he'd let it be known pretty early that. He quite fancied the idea of working in England. Although, I mean, maybe the Premier League wasn't quite as obviously an attractive proposition as it is now. I don't know, but he'd won the he'd won the Spanish title, of course, with not one of the the big clubs. Well, now. and he'd won the UEFA Cup the previous season mm. in Gothenburg, right? Marseille. So he he thought to himself, you know, again, Liverpool hadn't won the title. I'll I'll go there and I'll be the man to yeah. do it. Now, obviously, it didn't quite work out, but Champions League is not it's not too shabby. Uh, all right, let's go for a quick break, and then after which we'll talk about the game itself. See you in a moment. Well, 
I have to say, 1-0 Liverpool after 55 minutes, they felt short-changed with less than the win. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Greatest Games, everybody. Now then, let's get down to the uh, the ninety minutes. Um, it, it, obviously, the game is at Anfield. Oh, yeah, one thing I forgot to say: it's interesting to see Chris Kirkland in goal for Liverpool. Yeah. You can forget was, actually; yeah. he was a very highly rated goalkeeper, and obviously didn't quite work out for him at the very top level. Still had a very, very respectable career. Um, but yeah, Chris was. Chris well, they had a lot of problems with keepers, didn't they? They never quite were able to settle anybody. And obviously, they had um, Sander Westerveld, who uh-huh. had started to make a few errors. Um, Dudek would probably sort of do, do, do become the game number one obviously by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they they'd had difficulty. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who their last great keeper before. I mean, do do you can do that? He's a great keeper. I think you really Ooh, do. You, for, I mean, he would be remembered fondly for his uh, heroics in the penalty shootout, of course. Yeah, but, but, but I that, wouldn't that have called was, him a great goalkeeper. There was definitely a lot of scepticism about him yeah. before before that. David James. <laughs> yeah, but that's... Peggy Offixard. Yeah, I know you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they had really struggled to replace to replace Grobbler, hadn't Yeah, they? essentially, yeah. Yeah, they really had done. Uh, and Dudek was on the bench, uh, of course. Um but Liverpool were were out uh, were without some of their their main centre forwards. Of course, up front they had Cinema Pongol and uh, a little lad called Neil Mella. Oh, Neil Mella. It's quite sad actually seeing him on on Sky Sports News doing the you know the roundups at the grounds because uh, forget that he he only retired at twenty nine and he still yeah. looks as young as he did when he played. Yeah. Well, when you say sad, I mean, it's a good career. It's a bit like seeing Dominic <laughs> Cork doing transfer deadline day at Stoke City. It is <laughs> it's a little. What's bit like going that. on? Like... Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see Neil Bella at the cricket. I'll have <laughs> I bet he's good at cricket. Yeah, probably. I mean, they all are, aren't they? Yeah. They just decided to do better things with their lives. Yeah, well, arguably. But yeah, yeah Mello up front, Cinnamon Pongol to the right, uh-huh. uh, Harry Keel to the left, and Gerard sort of bursting forward through the middle from midfield. Yeah. And but, I mean, Mello... Cinnamon Pongol and, and Latalic had come, come in together, hadn't they? They were yeah. from the l- two. Half? 
Yeah, there are two earlier signings. Yeah. Uh, of you know, these are the French kids who are going to take us to to a new level. Mm. Um, so yeah, you had the, I mean, Neil Mellor's never scored in the in the Premier League, of course, before um, that day. Pretty good way to start. It wasn't a bad way to start, of course, and it was sort of and finish really <laughs> in, in in a way. But um, but going into the game, yeah. So Liverpool. I mean, it's, Harry Kuehl was in there, of course. You know, Carragher at the back, and, and so on. And the Arsenal side was was largely that. Um, well, it's that the classic side, isn't it? Yeah, apart from Reyes, I guess is Fabregas has sort of come in. Yeah, um, but I think Reyes was there for the for the invincible side, was he not? I can't remember now. But yeah, largely the the the, the team. But straight from the off, Liverpool were on the front foot, as you say. Gerrard should have had a penalty. He didn't, and and really, it was he, Liverpool were providing the thrust and the the attacking verve in this match. Arsenal weren't really offering that much going forward. Vic. No, they looked a bit shell shocked by Liverpool's yeah. energy when the, um, the game started and. They yeah just looked really. They just lacked composure, didn't they? They often, you know, would con- control games and just build up and down. I think one of the great things about that Arsenal side was the way they managed the tempo of games. They wouldn't necessarily just go in waves and waves like say this current Liverpool side. They yeah. just kind of pick their moments to. Well, I think there's been a new really go at teams. There's a new level of, of fitness. I think yeah. even sort of 15 years ago players were not as fit as they are now and mm-hmm. you could press for maybe 70 minutes but you couldn't press for 90 and now all all top sides can press for 90 minutes I wonder what that's down to well, someone should look into that <laughs> <laughs> careful careful <laughs> but the, yeah they, they looked really rattled and afterwards Wenger would say that they were knackered from midweek for playing with nine men for as long as they did and the way at PSV yeah way at PSV and uh, you know maybe there's a bit of truth in that but yeah, Liverpool just Liverpool just looked so up for this game, yeah. and and they you know they turned it into something tangible. They, they mm-hmm. scored the first goal, didn't they? Um, it's a lovely goal. Oh, it's a beauty. Yeah, I mean Gerrard there showing his sort of range of passing. You think of Gerrard playing sort of raking balls and all the rest of it, but that delightful slip just ball. waited so perfectly. It's <laughs> a long, it's a long diagonal from Steve Finnan, mm-hmm. but Kuehl knocks down, and then Gerrard just he picks out the run of Jabby Alonso. Really good run from Neil Mello as well to create the yeah, space. Yeah, absolutely right, yeah. Nice uh, look with the outside of his foot as well, just yeah. with the yeah, with perfect amount of spin on it. To, it almost stops as Jabby Alonso comes onto it, and yeah. just yeah, side-foots it into a top corner, doesn't he? It's, yeah. um, you know, I, I suppose like Jabby Alonso now is, when you think back to him, you see him more as this kind of like conductor and, you know, <laughs> just behind us. But to make that kind of run as well, obviously the space was there to run into, uh-huh. but, and he had Haman next to him who he knew he'd see if things went awry further forward. But that doesn't strike me as a, you'll tell me if I'm wrong here, but that didn't strike me as a particularly characteristic Xabi Alonso run. No, I, th- I think that's probably fair. I think yeah, he, he definitely liked to sit, but at the same time he did, he did score goals, didn't he? He was one of those players who quite often scored quite unusual goals. I mean, the goal he got against, was it against Luton in the cup when he scored from inside his own half? Yeah. Well, in, yeah. Against Newcastle, did he not do the same thing? Yeah. yeah. The Steve Harper falls over. Yeah, he, he does yeah. help him yeah. a little bit, but still. Um, so I, I think he was somebody who, I think he, yeah, one of the most intelligent players we've we've seen in the Premier League. And so I think he probably just yeah. saw the space and realised that, that the opportunity was there. Is there an argument? I mean, shoot me down here. It certainly wouldn't be the case with Liverpool fans, but do you think he's a touch underrated Jabby Alonso. The only reason I say that because you think it's Liverpool fans remember him very fondly at Liverpool, of course, as they should do. Some people can maybe maybe forget, um, but when he played for Real Madrid, but then with Spain, people remember 
maybe one or two others playing for Spain. They, they don't, don't forget. They forget sometimes that he was at the heart of that midfield often for them. Yeah, he's he's underrated. A, yeah, probably in the, in the same way that a lot of players that type of underrated. That, that's you know he, he's unflashy. He doesn't score. No, but Pirlo wouldn't be. I, I know they're slightly different players. I think but... Pirlo's monstrously overrated. Yeah, okay, so there you go. <laughs> no, no, no. But so there you are. Uh, if you, you know, if you gave me a choice between peak Pirlo and peak Xabi Alonso, I'd take Xabi Alonso every day yeah. of the week. No, I think I would probably agree with you. But there, but but if you gave that option to a lot of others, they'd probably go for Pirlo. I mean, yeah, you just can't trust people with democracy. <laughs> <laughs> As the less said about that, the better, of course. It's a it's a bit of a wanky thing to say, maybe, but he was. God, he was bringing the swear. Yeah, you? it's fun when you get kids on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do apologise for that. But, but Don't the he, <laughs> I feel like he was one of the first purveyors in, in terms of like the general public's consciousness of the pre-assist. He, mm, he, okay, would pay, yeah, he would play yeah. the plaster, no, would break the lines, and then someone would square it for for the striker to finish. Remember, there was a game where they ran right against um, Newcastle, I think, in a later season, where I think he he was brilliant, but he didn't have an assist to his name because right. he was breaking the line so so easily with his passes, and someone was just like laying so it he, in the middle. Or... So the key passes kind of uh, stat or that that kind of area yes, would, was, yeah. was pioneered by him, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe this is. I suppose this is my affection to this game because I think it's the moment I realised mm. how how you could. I was I was a really bitter United fan, which is stupid considering the success. But God, I'd always what, see. What are you like now? Then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want to know. Um, <laughs> but but I would almost kind of every time Arsenal would do well, or specifically players like Henri would do well. I think. It's always something against us. Yeah. And now I look back at it, I think I just wasted my childhood at <laughs> What a magnificent player to actually enjoy in his yeah. time. It, it, I find myself now, you know, when you go back to YouTube clips and you're like, actually, I was alive for this. Why didn't I watch this in the same kind of frame of mind? What a waste. Oh There's one final thing on Jabby Alonso. Oh, yeah. it's, 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 it tells you everything you need to know about him that Guardiola took him to Bayern. Yeah, as exactly. Yeah, his intelligence, his ability to kind of fit into... Yeah. Lovely little in, swan song, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. In retrospect, he was... Yeah, he was one of the great players of between, say, yeah, a couple of years before this and mm-hmm. a decade later. Yeah, all agreed. Um, so, back to the game itself, of course. Uh, Liverpool 1-0 up, and that, that was a score at half-time, then into the second half. And and this is, this is my sort of frustration with Arsenal. And it's still the case now, is... They offered so little sort of going forward, really. They hardly had a shot and goal, blah, 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 blah. It's all the same problems that persisted through those years at Wenger. The difference was with this side is they had players like Vieira, Henri and so on and so forth because the goal they score in that game is utterly glorious. Oh, it's a brilliant goal. It is utterly glorious. The, the, the deft touches, they dance around that Liverpool side and then the finish from Vieira itself where he, where he dinks it over the advancing Kirkland... And you think to yourself, could Carragher have that off the line? But the weight of the finish is just right. And you think, well, when they can, do, they're, they're, they're capable of doing that. Where has that been all game? And then, and then for the rest of the game, you see nothing of that. For a side that can produce such brilliance, you think, well, where on earth was that? And that's the difference between that team and the subsequent Wenger side. Well, is... it's Vieira, isn't it? Vieira, well, okay. Vieira had that, that ability to surge forward yeah. and, to, and the, yeah, the technical skill to, mm. to finish like that. Um, and yeah, to 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 be involved in the build up and then and then get in the box as well. Mm. Who have they had who really has that sort of drive mm. since Vieira? And I think you know, you then start to wonder. Well, how great was was Wenger? Was it just he happened to? I mean, of course, of course he signed Vieira, um, or at least advised signing of Vieira before he got to the club. Um, but 
was he as great a genius as we thought he was, or was it just that he had Vieira who, who mm. did that and... And I don't know the answer to that. And maybe part of his genius is just to let him do it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. perhaps. Well, but going very briefly back to that article that Kevin McCarroll wrote, it's interesting that he said this. Bear in mind, this is 2004, a season after the Invincibles, when he's talking about that goal, he said, um, that was no more than a flashback to the Arsenal of old. He's already referring to them as the That's Arsenal really of old. That's really interesting, yeah. It's only two defeats after the... Yep. And you already can see it's over. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. You know... So that was the equalising goal, but as we say, Vish, apart from that moment of sublime brilliance from that side, it was really all they offered. Yeah, um, yeah go on, you were going to say. So it, it was the first time that they kind of remembered who they were. Like yeah. My Arsenal supporting mate, who's a massive basketball fan, likened it to a college basketball move. He basically said, if you, if you want to get into basketball, don't watch the NBA, watch college basketball, because right. what happens is teams get into position, they get set, and then they do a move. So you can actually see the things working out. So if you want to get mm. into it, that's a, the best form to watch. And he likened that specific um, Vieira goal to college basketball because you can almost see it. They get the ball. Or Vieira gets the ball from fairly deep and he's like, right now. Yeah. You know, plays it into Henri, makes his run. Henri goes to Pires. And yeah. you know, Vieira just runs over the ball, basically. Mm. Pires plays it perfectly into his path. And, the dink, and it was the first time they kind of looked at it and thought, oh, yeah, no, no, this is how we do it. Yeah. yeah. This is what we did all of last year. And it was, you know, Vieira is always a fascinating player because, again, you know, because of my immature ways as a kid, <laughs> I would, you know, it was always him against Keane. And one of the underrated things about Vieira is that he scored goals, similarly to the way that Keane's passing was quite underrated as mm. well. And Vieira scored a lot of different types of goals. Well, yeah, well. exactly. He, he would be, the, he'd often be the guy at the end of the counter-attack yep. who, who would put that finishing touch. There's a great goal he scored at um, White Hart Lane, I think it was. Where, oh, yeah. Kind of thing, you know, he stretches those long legs and then gets on the end of a, a whipped ball in, and yeah, so I suppose he um, maybe in a in a different side had Wenger not signed him, if he'd gone somewhere else, he might have played a different role, but um, and 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 maybe kind of bumped up his goal tally. But yeah. well, I just yeah, think, I think as well, Vieira is a great example of how your box to box midfield is essentially dying out, mm. and Gerard, we, we mentioned earlier, how he had to be sort of redeployed because that mm-hmm. that sort of play just doesn't exist because the formation changes because the formation changes, and and, yeah. and also just, I think the game has become so intense that it's very, very difficult for players to get up and down constantly for 90 mm. minutes. And so you put them either in the defensive band or the attacking band in midfield. Yeah. But I, I think Vieira's career is... is um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it sort of shows Paul Pogba what he ought to be. Yeah. Right. But Pogba is, is sort of a modern... <clears throat> yeah, box-to-box player. He's got everything. You know, he's, he's got all the technical abilities. He's got all he's the physical phenom- ability. Yeah. And yet somehow he doesn't quite fit into modern football. Yeah, I know what you mean. And Vieira could have had exactly the same problem, but was tactically smart enough to work out a way of doing it where he fundamentally sat quite deep. Mm-hmm. But as you say, he was very, very good at getting the end of counter-attacks as well, so he could use the... His reading the, of the, the game the more, was superb. The more deft aspects of his technique. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a, it's a play you just sort of think Pogba could be that, but for some reason isn't. And maybe maybe um, you know, the fact that both French are making the, 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 you know, the comparison, sure. but you sort of see that the... Yeah, the structure of the France national team now is not is not that far removed from how it was 15 years ago. That mm-hmm. seems not to have changed. Deschamps obviously was was playing in that with Vieira and now you know now managing Pogba, and the the way the football is played is quite similar. So you sort of think, why can't Pogba do what Vieira did? Because he appears to have all the same attributes, yeah, mm. and yet something isn't quite there. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. 
on the um, on Vieira, there was uh, you know one of the other well one of the overriding things I do like about this game is because it was it was very Premier League. It was you know Sunday. It was <laughs> under lights. What, uh, wait, that was a super Sunday. It was I a think super, we agree. super Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, you know the commentaries here of Martin Tyler and Andy Gray. Obviously, the less said about Andy Gray now, the better. But, oh yeah. Don't oh, miss indeed. That. Then Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just heard a story about Andy Gray earlier today that's made me reassess his entire career. <laughs> and uh, well. Is it one for sure? Yeah. I mean, no, it would be incredibly self-indulgent because it's just him slagging me off and I wasn't there. <laughs> Key thing is, he knew who I was. Oh, yeah, well, that's yeah. important, yeah. yeah. But, who's, uh, who's, who's working the British media now, Andy? <laughs> hey, who's in Football Ramble Daily now, Andy? Yeah, okay. there you go. And that's the real quiz. Uh, Vish, please uh, carry uh, on. Our podcast getting harder to make, Marcus. <laughs> You know what? You'd be. I reckon that you'd be. You'd take yourself to the next level if you do that thing that he used to do, where he used to like go into a player's head. Oh yeah, like, I'm gonna get it on the do end you know of this. Do you know what? Do you know what, Vish? <laughs> I, will, I will take a moment actually because I watched. You know, when on Sky Sports they they replay all the old seasons and all that kind of stuff. And it was Newcastle. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm gonna. Uh, it was Newcastle versus Leicester at St James's Park. Kenny Dalglish was in charge. Leicester were three-one up, and then Shearer scores a hat trick, and Newcastle win four-three. And on that note of Andy Gray, Shearer gets the the last goal, and. Oh, what the Gray's commentary as as the ball's going in, he goes Alan Shearer, he goes something a bit like, you know, and, and the ball goes in and he goes, um, go on Alan, win us the game, Alan, get your hat trick, Alan, make Kenny happy, Alan, <laughs> and I just remember thinking. Ah, oh, Gordon Bennett. It is bliss to live in the modern day. It is bliss to be in 2019 and I can't hear that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. Well, this is, a, this is another Andy Gray cracker from, from this particular game where Tinema Pongol does a brilliant turn. He's kind of running away from goal um, to his left and then jinks to his right and takes out two players. And mm. one of those players is Vieira. And, you know, Martin Tyler and Andy Gray are kind of like chuckling about it and the crowd go up, you know, when yeah. player does that bit of skill. And Andy Gray goes, it's a brilliant line. Oh, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're going to say, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Patrick, Shiera, Patrick Vieira should get back on until he buys another ticket. Because <laughs> he's just gone flying past <laughs> off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear me. Outstanding. Oh, dear. Well, of course, there wouldn't be a, another goal until right at the death of the match. So the game goes on. And like I say, I've... I've laboured the point um, that Liverpool looked like the only side that were going to win it for, for my money certainly um, and then it came from from well I said unlikely source I mean Mella was playing up front no it's a really unlikely source in that it's just a long punt from from Chris Kirkland yeah. and Sol Campbell and uh, oh, they get Colatieri get, get completely yeah, but to start with they let the ball bounce which Andy Gray is not happy about <laughs> yeah. so it goes over Vieira I don't know if Vieira's just sort of misread it but mm. it goes over Vieira maybe he just sort of thinks that Campbell's going to clear it up mm-hmm. but Campbell and Tyrion end up running into each other and they, they also smash the Gerrard he's left on the ground yeah. I think it's Kewell isn't it it hits Kewell in the oh, face it Kewell? Kewell. I think it's the best apart from that to be fair if a player's getting goal. injured it's probably going to be I was going to say yeah but to be fair to, to Campbell and Toure if it was Kewell who's knocked to the ground and the ball drops to Mella all those yards out they probably think well the danger's done the danger's <laughs> over with you know but yeah 30 yards 30 yards out <laughs> and he smacks it with the outside of his right it's foot it's a beauty it's an just absolute beauty yeah, I mean, I, I was I was in the press box, and it's one of those where you the angle was perfect. Yeah, saw as he struck it, that that's going in. Yeah, yeah, it's a stunning goal at the cop in injury time to win the game, and it's 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 one of those things that a commentator may say, oh, he might never score a better one in his life. And Ten days later, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
But, you know, whatever happened to the career of, of David Meller obviously didn't reach the highs that, that he would have wanted to after that David moment. Meller's career went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Neil Meller. Hey, Neil Meller. Sorry, Gordon Bennett. Oh, dearie <laughs> me. Uh, forgive me, everybody. Getting too excited. But oh, yes, yeah. Neil Meller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, whatever sort of may happen with his career, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's, it's a phenomenal moment. Well, to... what, what a 10 days as well. Because 10 days later, he does exactly the same against yeah. Olympiacos, mm. uh-huh. which is the second goal. So yes. Liverpool have to win by two. Mm. That, and Mellor scores to make it 2-1. Gerard then scores a, a, a great goal. classic Gerard goal to yeah. make it 3-1. But I, I, was at, I was at that game as well. And I remember when Mellor scored, yeah, obviously my match report is in tatters because I've been writing this piece about disappointing Liverpool go out. <laughs> I'm just pushing my laptop away and thinking I'm just going to watch this last 10 minutes and yeah. enjoy this because I think yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. do it. And he had to, yeah, he had to quickly rewrite the old... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I had to rewrite this day as well. Liverpool are a nightmare for that. Oh, really? <laughs> You really should have seen my first report from Milan. It was against Milan, yeah, for Istanbul. That was a Did golden you, report. I never was, saw the light. Was he, do you still have it? No, I deleted it. Ugh. Was the most not? Wasn't it the most spectacular one? Were you at that Africa Cup of Nations game? Where it, was I at the Africa? Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to talk about the four four. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> right, that you've got to bear in mind. I'm the only British print journalist yep. in Angola. Yep. There's been a terrorist attack three days earlier. That's oh up yeah, in, up that's in, right. Up in Cabinda in the exclave. That's right. So yeah. I'd, I'd spent three days sat at the airport trying to get on a flight to Cabinda to try and find out what was going on. Mm. I'd been spewing. I got. I'd been on Lorraine Kelly's show. What? Uh, I got so many media calls. Lorraine Kelly <laughs> interviewed me about that. You mean the actress Lorraine or? The, 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 yeah, the, the, the character Lorraine Kelly played yes, by the broadcaster right. Lorraine Kelly. Gotcha. Right. Um, interviewed me about it, yeah. Blimey. And, and so um, this is, this whole day has drifted off. Anyway, uh, <laughs> CNN rang me up shortly after that and asked me to go on. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, yeah, what's the fee? And CNN never pay. <laughs> and I was like, hang on, I've, I'm a freelance. I've paid to be out here. Everybody else is paying me. You can't just expect me to be, you know, to do journalism for free for you. It wouldn't be fair on Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> And of course, they had no idea who Lorraine Kelly was. Think of Lorraine Kelly. Um, so I was exhausted from this. I'd written sort of twenty pieces in two days mm. on a terror attack, which is not my yeah, of course, know, I'm out yeah, my comfort yeah. zone in in every sense. Sure. Uh, and then we go to this opening game, Marley. Yeah, and go to be Marley. Yeah. So there's the opening ceremony. I was I'm able to kind of fill in a, a low. I was doing five live five runners, so five mm. five match have to be filed on the whistle because there's a game nobody's cared about until the terror attack. So I'm able to sort of. Uh, block it out with mm. the opening ceremony and the president's address and everything. And then the game starts and you sort of think, oh, this is fine. It's 4-0 after 76 minutes. So you kind of written this, yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah, <laughs> at, le- at least that's gone right. <laughs> a late goal from um, Seydou Keita could not disguise the dominance of the host. Two late goals from Seydou yeah, Keita. Yeah, yeah. And then the third goes, oh, Jesus Christ, seven minutes of injury time and that Flavio, <laughs> long blonde head idiot in Golf Angola just chucks one in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the game ended 4-all. But what a match report though, Vish. You should read that one. <laughs> I recommend that any time. Um, but yes, um, I think we've reached the end. We probably yeah. reached the end about five minutes ago for Warren's ladies and gentlemen. Well, they've got a bonus uh, Angola v Marley as well. A little uh, Wilson in Africa story. But yes, uh, Vish. Just on the Mella thing, you know, we talked about how unfortunate he's been since mm. then. But even at the time, he kind of understood that he wasn't really going to make it for Liverpool because yeah. he'd been on loan the season before mm-hmm. and he had his family there with him right. uh, to watch the game because he knew he was going to start and before before the free kick that leads to the chance that he scores, the um, Arsenal defending a corner and kind of sensing his moment, he goes up to Sol Campbell and asks for his shirt. 
Really? Really, I didn't know that. Because he doesn't, obviously he just thinks, well, God, I'm playing against Arsenal here. Yeah. And he thinks he's going to peter out to a draw. And obviously, in the bedlam of what happens afterward, he forgets to get so Campbell's shot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, we talk about players and or people talk about, you know, what players mm -hmm. want and what they remember. And everyone talks about medals. And if you can't have medals, at least have moments. Yeah. And I suppose that season was when uh, Neil Mellor picked up his moments. And, yeah. and, and, that, this, and he you know, was this a key was part of, them, of yeah. the Champions League win. Yeah, exactly, that, the goal against yeah. Olympiakos was essential. Yeah. So, yeah. Marvellous stuff. Dreams can come true, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there we are. Thank you very much, Vish. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, as well. Thank you, everybody. That was uh, Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. See you next week. was a Stakhanov production. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else custom spray five and one only from rustoleum mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.